Welcome back to a very special episode of the Thoughtful Thursday podcast. We have some new friends here today, and I'm really excited to share them with you because they're people that I really enjoy hanging out with. As always, you know the wonderful, the awesome Kimmy Short. Uh, To my left here, I have the adventurous, the spirited, the talkative Rhonda Owens. Thanks for being here today. And then on my right, I have Miss Nikki Huard, who is, sorry, Dave and Karen, my favorite neighbor uh, that I have. Um, and, you know, we're barely neighbors. I mean, our backyards yeah. touch. I count it, though. Oh, um, sure. yeah. uh, Nikki in our backyard is a golfing green. Hey, hey. It is a baseball <laughs> diamond. Uh, and our kids have a lot of fun. They do. It is a haven for all things fun. And, and we, yeah, we love it. Oh, we do, too. It's, it's really interesting. Uh, the other day I was looking out my kitchen window, and there was just sticks somehow in a big arch yes. and the girls were <laughs> I don't know what they were making but making it looked some amazing. sort of teepee or something yeah it there's, looked amazing whatever it was yes there's was, always was an axe involved <laughs> no, no. <laughs> we will there's another story yeah there. maybe at the end of the podcast we have a fun story to share um about our children <laughs> my <laughs> child um so we'll, we'll don't get play, there don't put this on Nikki <laughs> right. oh it has nothing to do with Nikki it is a hundred percent my child Oh my, my circus and my monkeys. <laughs> yeah, oh, I have them too. <laughs> uh, in this uh, podcast episode today, we are talking about thinking creatively about reaching out in our, into our community and into our backyard um, with the good news of Jesus and the gospel and, and hope. And so that's that's really our theme today. And I'm really excited to share with you some awesome stuff that is, that God is doing that's happening in our very own backyard here in Bryan in Williams County area. And I don't want to give it away yet, uh, but we will get to it um, after a little bit of conversation. Uh, but both Nikki and Rhonda are involved in it, and I am just so excited for what this could mean for our community and for our local churches and for uh, the gospel kind of being pushed forward forward here in our, our very own backyard. Um, so I want to I wanna just start with this, this idea and thought and just get you guys this feedback. Um, I think that historically, at least here in the American church, um, we expect people to just kind of show up to church on Sunday and that this is where they're going to hear about God, right? Is, is just kind of showing up to church or maybe, maybe we throw out an invite every once in a while. But my question is, what does it look like to be intentional with those outside of the four walls of our church buildings, right? What does it look like to be intentional about people in our very own backyard? Which is funny that we started this by talking about our backyards. I know, right? (laughs) That worked out really well. Nice. Let's see what you did there. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's just important to define what the church is. So many times we think it's a building that you go to, um, and nowhere in the gospel does it refer to the church in that way. Um, so the the people, the body of Christ, the members of the church, so to speak, like we are the church. And so I think that wherever a believer goes, that is where the church is. So it can be in the line at Walmart um, or, you know, waiting for your kids at swim practice or however that looks like, um, I get to bring the church wherever I'm going, but it's a very, I have to be intentional about that because, you know, usually if I'm standing in the Walmart checkout line, I'm like scrolling on my phone and I'm not even 
looking around at the people around me that I can be thinking, wow, I can just say, hey, looks like you're having a rough day or whatever, you know, just to start that conversation. So um, it definitely takes being intentional and just realizing this is not something that people come to. We go, we go to. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. I think to piggyback off of that, um, we in the American church often think not of ourselves as believers, but as our ministers, like we go to church and those are our pastors at our church and the pastors are the ones who are sharing the gospel with maybe people we intentionally invite to church. But again, scripture doesn't talk about like our pastors are the only people who are supposed to share the gospel and we need to bring people to our pastors. Instead, um, we are all of us who are believers. We are supposed to, as the church, go out um, and be spreading the gospel in that way. So I think... um, yeah, I just think we need to be really intentional about not relying on professional pastors to be taking the gospel into the world. Yeah. And I think, um, (laughs) I talked about this a little bit, uh, a couple episodes ago, I believe. Um, but I usually politely refuse when I'm at a party or a situation when I'm asked to pray, I get asked to pray a lot, uh, believe it or not, you know, as a pastor and most of the time I, I politely and kindly like, you know what? I'm like, I'm okay. Like, and actually that person would, I bet that person would do it. Uh, and it obviously depends on the situation I'm in and who I'm talking to and all, all of that. But I spent a lot of family, uh, get togethers praying because I went to Bible school, you know, oh, yeah. you know, well, you went to Bible school. So why don't you pray? And I'm like, no, I'm refusing. I'm done. I'm not Does, doing do it anymore. Do you mean like VBS? Like I went to VBS. <laughs> Vacation <laughs> I could, I could use a vacation Bible school. <laughs> that sounds awesome. That's an important point. We actually mm. love um, inviting our children to pray at family gatherings because it gets them used to mm-hmm. speaking in front of people, praying out loud. Yep. And, and uh, I never thought about that. But yeah, I bet you do get asked all the time because, oh, he's closer to the church. He's oh, closer for sure. to God. Yep. We, we will have him pray, mm-hmm. you know. But really, we have to all take ownership in that. And one of... Um, I, I, I start this, if my kids were listening right now, they would roll their eyes because I say this all the time. But one of my favorite parts of the Bible is um, when uh, Jesus is having a conversation with Peter and he says, do you love me? He's like, yes, of course, I love you. And he said, then feed my sheep. And so I just always remember that. And I always hear that in the back of my mind, like feed my sheep, feed my sheep. And, um, and that gives me ownership in, in my role as a Christian. And, um, I think we're living in a time when it's really more acceptable to be your authentic selves. And I think we crave seeing authenticity and it's relatable and we need that. But I think too often as Christians, we tend to stifle that, uh, because we're afraid of what people will think of us. Um, or we're afraid of saying what they don't want to hear, where we don't want to come across the wrong way. Um, But I think it's really, really important that as Christians, we be our authentic selves. So if I see God moving in a situation, I don't really care who my audience is. I'm going to tell them like God was really working in this situation because, you know, X, Y, Z happened. And, and so I don't let my faith waver. Um, I, I present myself as authentically as I can. I haven't always. It's something I had to learn to do. But I think it's important that we come across authentically as followers of Christ and not tiptoe around things 
Jesus never tiptoed around things. Mm-hmm. He was very frank about things. Um, so I think that um, we shouldn't be afraid to have those conversations, even with random strangers. Sure. So I, you know, God presents those moments, and then it's up to us to act on them. Yeah, and I, I think, um, I think that you'd be hard pressed to find a pastor, a minister, a priest, you know, a leader of the church that wouldn't get really excited about those who attend to take a next step in their faith of sharing it, of, you know, being the church. And and that's something that, you know, I, I think that as pastor, as, as a pastor, like that's my heart for people is that they take ownership of their faith. And let, let me just throw this question out there and maybe it's from your own experience or talking with people or, or, you know, just kind of what you've seen or observed throughout your lives. You know, what, what is it? And, and maybe you've kind of partly answered it already, Nikki, but what is it that keeps us from, you know, taking that step versus maybe just a simple invite to church, which I think is still a really valuable, valid thing. You know, mm-hmm. I, the, the opposite is not inviting people to church, which I don't think is a great option. Um, <laughs> but what keeps people from taking that step and owning their faith and, and seeing themselves as the church and, you know, stepping out? Any thoughts, ladies? I think it's not realizing that that's what our mission is. Mm. That is the mission that Jesus gave us. Yeah. It's not to build our career or uh, all the other things, which are great that he allows us to do those things as well. But the mission and his will for our life is to make disciples and share the gospel. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Like the end. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) The end. Period. But But I think not only we might not know that that is what our mission is, yeah. but also maybe we come to know that that's what our mission is, but then we feel ill-equipped mm-hmm. to do it sure. because mm-hmm. we, and Cammy and I have talked a lot about this, just the whole concept of discipleship is sort of lost in our culture right now because we seek comfort and discipleship is uncomfortable. It is mm-hmm. learning things that are hard. It's learning about the things in the Bible that, um, you know, are difficult to read about. Like we're so used to hearing the happy, fun things about the Bible, you know, like, oh, yay, Noah's Ark, and let's make cute little Noah's Ark <laughs> pictures on our kids' wall. When in reality, like, there are, were probably dead people floating, you know, <laughs> in, yeah. the, in the 40 bodies. days. <laughs> after, I mean, it was, so anyway, I could go on and on about lots of different scenes that we um, just sort of gloss over in scripture, and we just don't know the word. And so because we don't know the word, we perhaps don't have a very strong um, grasp of what the gospel really is. So then if we ourselves are not disciples, how then can we go out and make disciples? Mm -hmm. So I think first we need to know, second we need to be equipped, and and, and that is we need to equip ourselves also um, our, and not just entirely rely, again, on our professional pastors to do that, our professional ministering um, individuals. We, it's, the onus is on us, and we, quite frankly, have failed, myself included. You know, I'm in, I'm in my 50s, and like, I feel like I've only just truly started becoming a disciple within probably the last 10 or 15 years. So how many, how many years was we, were wasted? Yeah, and I, um, one uh, quote that, well, Pat Schwenk, who was a lead pastor at 
New Hope a um, number of years ago, but was my youth pastor in high school. One of the pieces of advice that he gave me, like within a couple weeks of him hiring me as the youth pastor was, um, and I might've even asked him like, do you have any advice for me as a pastor? You know? And he said, um, I spent too many years beating the flock instead of shepherding the flock. Um, and I think for me, I, I really do tend, um, towards frustration and disappointment and anger and just like, you know, uh, why, why, um, don't people look like the way I feel like they should look like or do the things that I feel like they should be doing. And I think even discipleship is a great example. I can get really frustrated that, you know, X, Y, or Z isn't happening. And then for me, I would not say that I was necessarily intentionally discipled in my life. Um, in fact, it, you know, it wasn't until too long ago where I intentionally sought that out and it being a process of, you know, being, uh, shown how to do something spiritually, uh, be, uh, be able to be given the tools and the keys to be able to do the things with someone looking over my shoulder in a helping way and, and, you know, correcting me when I need to be corrected and encouraging me when I need to be encouraged. And, and, um, I think even as we talk about this topic, I can be like, yeah, why aren't more people going out and doing this? And then I'm like, they haven't been shown in a, in a, you know, personal, individual, meaningful way how to, and, you know, I don't, you know, start working on my toilet when it breaks. I call someone that knows what they're doing, right? And so I think it's what does it look like to disciple? And maybe if if um, you're outside the church and you don't know that word real well, it's like an apprenticeship, essentially. Mm-hmm. It's, hey, let me bring you alongside. and I'm going to show you how to do all the things. And um, my point is, um, you know, how do we how do we help people do that? You know, what does that look like instead of my initial reaction being judgment and frustration and like, let's get this thing going. Um, yeah. I don't know. That was just maybe so a many. super long rabbit yeah, trail no, right like there. So Sorry. Many good points though, to talk about, um, you know, we, we also, I mean, that's basically why grace exists, right? Because sure. we do fail and, and that's okay. I think, um, you know, you guys are touching on so many things that, Yes, we have to spend time in in the word ourselves in order to be able to teach others or to help others. Um, we also have to um, spend a lot of time in prayer and and in in such a way that prayer becomes like second nature, like comfort, like not not formal, but like you know, like a relationship should be. And and prayer is an important piece of that. And then um, you know, and then we have to act on it also. So. Um, it all goes together and, and yeah, we, we stumble and fail all the time. Um, but it's really, it's not our ministry. It's not Nick's ministry. It's not Rhonda's or Cammy's it's, it's God's ministry. And so I always just take the pressure off myself and then I don't feel like I'm going to fail because it's, it's, it's not me. Yeah. God's creating moments. And I, I pray all the time because I need this, like, Lord, take my take a hold of my tongue and use your words, not mine, because, um, I don't trust myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there. that's a really good point that you bring up. Um, because 
we don't want people to think that because I don't know the Bible from beginning to end, I therefore cannot speak about it yet. And that's so not the case because you talked about being authentic. And so, you know, I just think of parents so many times um, just because I work in kids ministry. So it might be tempting for the parent to think I have to take my kid to, um, you know, church on Sunday morning so that they can learn about God. But they have the most influence in their child's life Mm -hmm. and it's okay if they don't know it all. None of us do and we never will. Um, We're always going to learn more, but it's okay for them to be authentic and live their faith out in so their child can see that and see when they mess up, Mm -hmm. own it. Oh, we can pray and we can ask for forgiveness and all those things. Um, I, I don't know. So it's, it's all of that. Yeah. It's yes and. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, and and having our kids see us learn. Mm-hmm. You know yep. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like not only are we, we don't know it all, but they can see that we are trying to mm-hmm. learn. And right. like you said, it's it's a lifelong, we'll never know it all. Mm-hmm. And, and that's part of the thing. I was thinking as you guys were talking, um, uh, Romans 1, 16, I think it is, talks about how we are not ashamed of the gospel. And I do think truly believers aren't ashamed of the gospel. Like believers I know aren't, aren't ashamed of the gospel, but they forget that the power really is in the gospel, which is what yep. one, Romans 1.16 is. So the power isn't in me. It's not in you. It's not, it's, it's truly in the gospel that we share. Mm-hmm. And I've learned really hard lessons over the last um, probably five or six years about how like we've set out to do, my husband and I set out to do like, we're going to do this great big thing for God. And God was like, oh, that's really cute. Um, <laughs> but I have a lot of work to do in you. And also I don't need you. Like God mm-hmm. totally doesn't need us. He graciously and um, delightfully allows us to come alongside him in the ministry that he has for us. And so um, we don't need to stress out mm-hmm. about like, exactly. Yeah. We don't need to stress out about mm-hmm. like knowing all the things and we just need to be um, progressing forward um, in the faith as much as we can. And while we're doing it, it's stumbling forward <laughs> many times and taking two steps back and stumbling forward, hopefully um, just understanding that God is where the power is. The gospel is the power and it's not our own mm-hmm. efforts. Absolutely. When you said stumbling forward, I thought of myself tripping upstairs <laughs> because I'm still making it up, but it's a little bit of a struggle. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And what a loving, kind and generous thing to do. Absolutely. I mean, uh, from God's perspective, I mean, it's like Tom Brady saying, hey, come on in here to the Super Bowl and I'm going to let you throw some for me. It's like, why would you do that? That is the worst thing, Um, you know, when we compare ourselves and our capabilities and our talents and our giftings to the person of God, we have nothing to offer. Mm -hmm. And yet, he says, like, no, I'm like, I will allow you not just to be a part of this, but I'm, I'm going to give you things that, you know, maybe are specifically for you that I've designed, um, you know, like scripture says, you know, uh, I prepared good works for you, you know, mm-hmm. and what a, what a kind, generous and loving thing to do to a very inept people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, well yeah. and I think what we learn is that as he, as we step out in faith to do the hard things that he's asked us to do, to do the things that make us feel uncomfortable, he does show up 
all the time. Absolutely. And so as he shows up and like, as Nikki said, as we authentically um, and uh, organically just tell people like, wow, I just, I just did this. And like, it totally wasn't me. It was totally God. And like, we just build a legacy in our own lives and in people who are watching us, we build a legacy of how God just constantly um, is present with us. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm wondering if you can think of stories or examples of how you have shared um, Jesus in meaningful or creative ways with just in your workplace or in your neighborhood or in your home or school, whatever that looks like. Um, you know, I think of Jesus's example of teaching um, with parables all the time. And, you know, if he's walking through the wheat field, he's using, you know, he's whatever, using the wheat, just anything that was around him, that's what he used. Um, and so I just love that picture that he gave us. But how have you been able to incorporate that in your life? I know, Nikki, you shared a neat story with me beforehand. So, Yeah, um, actually, uh, it was a couple years ago, uh, the neighbor that lived across the street from us, um, she would often come out on her porch when the kids would ride their bikes on the sidewalk and we would just go up and down our little block. So we would keep going by her house and I didn't see her for a while. And then she was outside again and she had an oxygen tank. And I, I asked her how she, I said, how are you feeling? How are you doing? And she said, you know, I'm not doing so good. I've had pneumonia, struggling to shake it. I've been in the hospital. And, and I said, um, can I pray over you? And she said, sure. And, um, I put my, my arm or my hand on her arm and I just prayed over her in that moment. And when I opened my eyes, she was crying and, um, she said to me, no one's ever done that for me before. And I was like, really? Because what you have to know is that she was, she grew up and was very involved in her church her whole life. And there were always cars at her house of people visiting from her church um, bringing her food and taking care of her. And so it surprised me for her to say, no one's ever prayed over me before. And and that small moment, it was small for me. It felt like I, sometimes we look at prayer as like the, the only thing I have to yeah, offer. the last resort. <laughs> but really it should be the biggest thing that we mm -hmm. offer. And, um, and, and so it surprised me that, that nobody thought to, to just put their hand on her and pray over her and, and so that was just literally a casual evening of my kids riding their bike. And, you know, I've been at work before and actually you talked about, uh, or Rhonda, you talked about um, Noah's Ark and rainbows and, and then we get into dead people floating. And <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. That's where I go. <laughs> I, because I think the stereotype of Christianity are the sunshine and rainbow kind of stories or fire and brimstone judgmental type of stories. And I love telling people... Um, I, I kind of like the shock value it gave even my, my own kids as they got older. And I was like, you know, the Sunday school story of David and Goliath. Let me tell you what is actually in the Bible. Yeah, those chapters mm -hmm. that follow are yeah, right? awesome. <laughs> like, like, here's the adult version of the story. And they thought they were learning some big secret thing. And they were like, really? And so sometimes we, um, we forget that a lot of the general population, a lot of their... Um, relationship with the Bible involves those Sunday school stories. Mm -hmm. And actually there's a lot more to them. Those are, that's a great place to start. I always tell people, um, you, if, if you are interested in Christianity, you should go teach preschool Sunday school mm -hmm. for a while <laughs> because mm -hmm. you learn all of the stories and then you can dig into them a little bit deeper. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I Teachers tell me all the time that they learn so much because they're teaching yeah. classes. They're teaching kids, elementary kids. And for you, it was preschool. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and that's the beauty of it. Yeah. That's discipleship. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have always wanted, this is a total aside, but I've always wanted like a serious director to come in and, you know, do a, a full length of uh, feature length movie on like a David and Goliath where it's like the R rated version where they just like, Hey, we're going to take the story and we're going to make the story. You know, we're going to take the verses and we're going to make it. Um, I think it'd be a blast. I think a lot more guys would get into <laughs> the or, Bible. Or maybe the guys would not get into that with the, the foreskin situation. Oh, right. Yeah, depending saying, on which. Sorry, did I say that? I'm not, yeah. We don't have to do the I mean, whole like, Bible. We can pick and choose some stories, you know. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. You probably have to edit that well, out. I'm, <laughs> I, I do know my, my six-year-old son sorry. would find. There's so many things to say. <laughs> I know, I'm so sorry. I, I think my six-year-old son would find the real story of David a lot more incredible yeah. than the Sunday school yeah. version. Yeah. I think he would like that, but. Well, and I think, I think with all of these things, the, the ultimate message is always the gospel. Like what, what do they say? The meta narrative or the, the overarching story is always coming back to God's plan for our salvation. The fact that we need him because it's so easy to look at these. It's so easy to look at these stories and be like, Oh, look at David and Goliath. And he was courageous. I want to be courageous like David. Well, there's so much more like God was there and he was, he was rescuing David. Why was he rescuing David? Because he needed to rescue the line of, um, you know, David so that Christ could eventually come out of it so that he could come and save us. So like we, we need to not stop short either in terms of just making it be about like, Oh, I want to be courageous or I want to be a good friend or I want to be a, you know, a good wife or whatever. Um, and just always time again, coming back to Romans one sixteen, like there is power in the gospel. And if we, mm-hmm. if we let our efforts fall short of bringing it back around to the gospel, then I think, and, and that's simple, right? Like, right. like we say, think creatively, like really, I think it's okay to just be simple mm-hmm. and, and say like, yeah, here's the story of David and Goliath. Oh, and here's the whole story of David and Goliath. Uh, <laughs> all those other terrible, no. horrible, awful things included, but also here's why. And it, and lead it back to the gospel. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think to touch on your question that you were asking, uh, Kimmy, and I think that Nikki does a good job of this, and I've seen this in action just in her life and interacting with other people, um, is just taking advantage of opportunities that God puts in front of you, big or small. Um, I had just one of those moments this past weekend Uh, Minda, um, my wife had a gig at, um, a local place, JJ wins. And, um, so, so I went there and and ate dinner and hung hung out with some people and, and she got done and I'm a roadie. So I always pack everything up so she can rest after playing straight for three hours. Um, and I'm cleaning up and I noticed that there's this guy at the bar and he's just kind of like watching me. I was like, eh, you know, he's just watching me. You know, seeing how I break down stuff or whatever. He likes my hair. Yeah. (laughs) I was having a good hair day. Um, And didn't think anything of it. And then I'm kind of getting done. I noticed he's still watching me. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go and I'm going to say something to this guy. Sometimes at some of Minda's gigs, we get some weirdos. Um, (laughs) This guy did not give me that vibe. But I'm like, I'm just going to go talk to him. And and, um, 
I walked up to him and he, he started the conversation. He was like, are you, are you her husband? And I was like, yeah, I am. And he's like, you know, she's incredible. Blah, blah, blah. So it turns out he, we, I stood there at the bar and talked to this guy for probably 20 or 30 minutes. And he lives in DC, was on his way to Wyoming and had just stopped at JJ Wins Cause there's also a hotel attached to it. Just stopped there for the night. And wow. just so happened to be at JJ Wins. Um, on this night where Minda's playing, where I'm going to be at, and he shared, you know, he's driving through because his mom um, of 98 years had just passed away, mm. who was 98 years mm-hmm. old, um, had just passed away. And I was like, ah, I'm so sorry. And I shared, you know, um, just this past November, my dad passed away. I was like, man, my heart really goes out to you. You know, I obviously I, I don't know how you're feeling, but I, I know how I feel, and it stinks. And, and we had... It was just all of these things that we were talking about was like just all these really crazy connections. Um, awesome. And I did the same thing. I was just like, cause he was very emotional. Um, and he was, you know, I, I think in his sixties, um, I just said, Hey, would you mind if I prayed with you? You know, obviously your mom meant a lot to you and this is a really big week you got coming up. And, um, just those, those little opportunities that God puts in front of you, um, yeah. I think make a, makes a big difference when, when you see those. And just like you were saying earlier, Kami, you know, when I'm at JJ wins, I'm bringing the church there, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. when I'm going to Walmart, I'm bringing the church there. And, um, you just never know the things that God is arranging and orchestrating, um, that you may miss out on if you're not looking for it. Yeah. And, and, and to be bold enough to to step forward into that situation, to just step into that situation and in that moment, and again, be your authentic self and share um, who God has made you in those kinds of moments and and not be afraid to do that. And, and you had nothing to lose. If, if, sure. if he didn't like what you had to say, then he never has to see you again, yep. right? But I love not only those moments that God creates, uh, the spaces and time that he creates for them to happen. And I love hearing about people in those moments too. That's, uh, that's just awesome. That's, that's God. That's you. You're feeding his sheep, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And so, so yeah, we, we, we don't just have to think of church as that place we go on Sundays or maybe even Wednesdays. Um, but the church is, is, is really inside of us and, um, we need to, show people that so absolutely and and Kimmy earlier you brought up um you know Matthew 28 and the the great commission and that's that's really what we're we're all called to right that's all of our mission from God that is the mission of the church not a building or necessarily a local gathering but that is every single believers challenge call the flag they're supposed to hold up is to, you know, go into all nations, mm-hmm. make disciples, baptize them and teach them, you know, what I've taught you. And so I think as we move forward um, in this conversation, I'm really excited to to talk about um, one really unique way that that's going to be happening here in the future in our own backyard of Brian. And so um, Nikki and Rhonda are both a part of a board that um, has formed um, for an organization called LifeWise. And um, I don't want to 
I don't want to take away any of you guys's um, excitement and steam. So let me just ask, what is LifeWise? Will you talk about what it is and um, and yeah, break it down for us? Oh yeah, uh, yes, we are both definitely very excited about this. Um, uh, as Rhonda said earlier, when you do work for uh, for the kingdom of God, it doesn't have to be something just big and huge and almighty. Um, and it also doesn't have to be something distant and far away. Um, it can be right in your backyard and it doesn't have to be, um, complicated either. Um, so LifeWise Academy is a nonprofit organization and, um, it actually was founded, um, in Van Wert, Ohio, which is, Brian's backyard, yep. practically, right? Not that far away. Uh, and that was back in 2018. And then in 2019, um, they launched their first um, academies. So um, one of the the biggest things, and when I first learned about this, I was like, well, how can this even exist? So what you'd have to know is LifeWise Academy um, is uh, character-based teaching um, th- that's biblically based and it happens during public school hours. And so a lot of people, including myself, are like, but is that allowed? Are we going to get, are the feds coming to shut yeah, us down? Separation like, of church and state, yes, what is going, going on? on? Um, and it is actually completely legal. So back in 1952, um, the Supreme Court passed this um, released time for religious instruction. Um, so it's completely permissible. It just cannot happen on school grounds. And you have to have parents' permission, and um, but but it can happen during school hours. So um, so the curriculum is really cool because it is like I said, it's character based. Um, so they're talking about obedience and responsibility, um, but they actually also work through the Bible over a five year span of time, um, starting in Genesis and ending in Revolution. So they cover a lot of ground over five years of. Um, it's for first through fifth grade. So five years of elementary education. So, um, I started hearing some buzz about this in nearby communities. And, um, I first learned, uh, about it when it came to defiance, which is also our backyard. And a friend of mine is the teacher of this program there. And I was like, Oh, I should be so great at that. And, um, so the more I learned about it, the more I talked to parents who have their schools in that or their kids in that school system, and they were like, "We love this. Our kids love it." And I'm like, "This is so great. We need to get this in Brian." And then um, last fall, uh, a friend of mine forwarded me um, a link where I could sign up for more information and stay in contact and in the loop on it. And so, um, so I, I later learned that LifeWise Academy is coming to Brian, and my kids will get to participate in it, and it's actually really, really exciting. Mm-hmm. So, and, and yeah, so it's perfectly legal um, uh, because of that uh, Supreme Court ruling back in 1952, which is incredible. So that was in 1952, and it wasn't until 2018 that mm-hmm. somebody in this area at least uh, was like, hey, we are not taking advantage of this. So, well, I do think it's really cool that Van Wert uh, was actually doing released time religious instruction. It wasn't called LifeWise Academy, but they paired with another nonprofit organization called Stand for Truth. And they were like, you know, there's something here. I think we can help other communities do this as well. And so, um, so that's how LifeWise was birthed out of that. And what I love about the Bible-based character education is kind of like what I was saying earlier, the curriculum that they use 
always comes back around to the gospel because it's really easy to just be like, oh, let's look at the story of David and let's see it as a story of courage or just as a story of friendship, like between sure. David and Jonathan. But they they do work from the beginning, Genesis, all the way. By the end of the year, they will have gone all the way through to the end to Revelation. But every single lesson, every single week comes circles back around to the gospel and to Christ in some way. So literally the kids are always getting, uh, they're always getting the gospel and how we need Jesus. That so. is awesome. Now I know that some other local communities have started this around us. Um, which, what schools are doing these and, and have they had success in their schools with this program? Yeah. Um, I know as of this year, there are, um, over two dozen schools that have this curriculum active and and going in their um, school districts, um, and there are several others. Um, I don't know if you know the number, Rhonda, that are in the process of of implementing it. As are we? I I don't know the number, but I know that it's increasing greatly, yes. which is kind of amazing since this is just twenty twenty two. So in less than four years, we have many many school systems doing that. I know that in Defiance, there are over eight hundred students who are a part of it, and and the deal is, is that it's just super fun, right? Like, yeah. so I must if I'm a third grader and you know I'm like I'm not doing that. But like all the other third grade friends that I have are like, this is awesome. This is amazing. Then pretty soon I'm going to be like, all right, fine, I'll go. And then, you know what I mean? Like, and then you go and you're getting, you're, you're hearing scripture. So it's really cool. I think another important thing to, to uh, mention is that like students are not missing anything important mm -hmm. at their schools when they're doing this, that um, schools do want to um, offer character education. So they're, um, so students who's maybe whose parents uh would not give permission. There's, they're not missing anything. They're, they can stay back at the school and they can get, you know, just a different secular uh, character based education. So I, I think that's important to, to um, understand, but I will say that the, the excitement that's generated in, in the communities from the kids, but also from the families is so big that, mm -hmm. that everyone kind of really wants to be a part of it. So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, 800 kids. I think for the students, students too, like just to have the mental break of, of getting on a bus and going into a different building, you know, it, the whole shebang is about 40 minutes of their day. So for them to like get on a bus and go to a, a different classroom with a different teacher and, and, and learn this, these character-based lessons, I think it gives them a little bit just mm -hmm. of that kind of reprieve in their day because I'm, I have a kindergartner and kindergarten now is not what kindergarten was 10 years ago or 10 years before that. I mean, they're, they're reading and they're, they're, they're learning a lot more. Um, whereas when I was in kindergarten, it was like color in the lines and let's yeah. go play. And I'm still doing that. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're just, we're asking a lot more of them. And I think that this kind of gives the kids and probably the teachers too, a little bit of a mental break. Um, whereas, um, there are days that my kids have three recesses and recess is so important, but three seems excessive, but I also know they need those breaks. So this is kind of another, um, opportunity for them to have a break from the standard, um, just sitting at the same table at the same desk and doing worksheets and, you know, not that that's what they do all day. They do yeah. lots of great things, but, but it just gives them that that shift in their day that kind of is refreshing, I think, mentally refreshing. And man, that number from Defiance is insane, yeah. number one. Um, number two, I just think putting that even in our own context, 
you know, I, I would venture to say that every church combined in Bryan mm-hmm. is not even remotely reaching that amount of kids, mm-hmm. even if you include the VBS programs during the summer. I mean, like, <laughs> that is an incredible opportunity to reach kids and not just kids, but families with the gospel. Um, that, I, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Nikki. I was going to say that's so important because uh, when, as the kids go through this and they, they go home and they talk about their day, um, when they start telling their parents, you know, what they did and what they learned, then their parents are also getting a little bit of that as well. So the, the outreach is, is huge. I know for me, I saw that all the time in student ministry, working through with sixth through 12th graders. Um, I mean, on a Sunday, most of the time, the kids don't have a choice whether or not they're coming to church. Maybe they do if they nag their parents enough, um, you know, but for the most part, students are choosing the vast majority of students are choosing whether or not they want to be there. They might still have to have someone drop them off, but it blew me away over the years in student ministry, how many students would start showing up on Wednesday, get really connected, especially with their life group, and then start coming on Sunday, just the student. And then a few months later, mom or dad would start showing up. Um, I mean, dozens and dozens of families that have started coming just because of their child. Um, And I'm just excited personally for what it's going to mean for our families here in our community. They're going to be like, you know, man, my kid can't stop talking about this. My child's now like, Oh, I could do more on Sunday. I could hear more about this and, and what it really could mean for the gospel moving forward um, for our our community. That's important because as when I was a child, I did not grow up in the church. And so I used to like almost get, I don't want to say jealous, but yeah, kind of jealous when I would hear my friends talk about like catechism or Sunday school and different things. And I was like, man, I really want to do that. And so I actually started, uh, spending the night with friends who I knew would take me to church on Sunday, <laughs> on Saturday nights. So I was like staying with them. So I think like we really have this like big, like hunger and thirst to like be a part of it and to understand it and to, to understand who we are, you know, through the eyes of God. And um, so I kind of schemed my way into the church. And if there are any other kids like me, then this gives them that opportunity right during their school day where they can, they can, they can be fed in that way. I love that. You're like the anti-rebel. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> like, <laughs> did run away from awesome. the church. I was like, hey, can I spend the night at your house? And yeah, come on over. And not Friday, though, Saturday. Can I spend the night at your house Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Um, well, let me ask this. Where is Brian's LifeWise program right now? Because it's, you know, the end of the school year. We're getting ready to go into summer. Where is Brian's uh, LifeWise Academy program currently at? And what does the future look like kind of moving forward? So LifeWise has lots of different levels, and we are officially uh, described as near launch right now, which means um, we are uh, just about to launch into fundraising. um, And our goal is to uh, start up in August. Okay. So, I mean, so we're kind of... We're so glad to be on this podcast so that we can start getting the word out. We're starting to, we really need people to um, sign up 
um, there's a community interest list that uh, actually, if you just go to Facebook, for those of you who are on Facebook, you can go to um, LifeWise Brian or LifeWise Academy Brian, look that up. And there's a link right there that you can just click on it and then kind of scroll down. And there's a, it's, I don't think it's actually called community interest list, is it? Or get, no, get involved. Get involved. I yeah. Think. Yeah. And we'll put um, any links um, yeah. that, We'll link Facebook. We'll link anything that we need to link to. will just be in the description. Yeah. Um, so feel free to just click that link as well, and you can find your way there. So obviously we, we are um, beginning fundraising. Um, so we would love to have you sign up for the interest list so that you can get more information, not only about fundraising, but just about all of the, um, the exciting ways that you can get involved, which kind of comes back to what I was saying earlier. Like this, there are, there are, there are no pastors um, involved and there are no pastors on our board. There's no official church affiliation. It literally is believers in our communities or in our community in Bryan who want to reach out to this mission field in our own backyard. So to me, that's super exciting. Um, and I know that for the uh, many pastors, they're like, Oh, you're not tapping in, you know, I don't have to come to a hundred meet. No, like it's just, Phew. it's okay. You guys have, have fed in or fed, you have um, poured into us so that we can go out and share the gospel with other people. So that's super exciting. So anyway, so yes, yeah, sign up for the, the link so that we can um, get you newsletters and that kind of thing. But um, also we're sort of in the throes of looking for, we we do have a bus. We've purchased a bus. Um, we are looking for bus drivers. Um, uh, some uh, It's, you have to have a CDL for that, so mm -hmm. that's tricky. Yeah. Um, we're also our needs involve um, uh, obtaining two part-time teachers. Mm -hmm. um, those are going to be salaried positions, so they are going to to be paid for that. Um, we're also looking for a volunteer coordinator because we're we're, we're um, trying to assess like the full needs, but we um, anticipate having um, a couple of people in each class that help get students on and off the bus. Um, and uh, there will be, so there'll be opportunities for um, volunteering through that. So it's, it's important to note, like LifeWise Academy provides all the tools to launch and sustain your program. But as Rhonda said, it's like entirely community led. Yeah. So um, that's why that whole get connected thing is so important. Um, it's not that we're going to spam your inbox with what's going on. But um, as the program moves forward, um, we have updates and we're also going to have needs. And it's not all always about, oh, they just want my money. It's not that either. Um, we need your prayers. Uh, maybe we need you to volunteer a couple hours every Tuesday. Um, so there are going to be different needs. And that's just kind of our way of connecting to the community because we are completely reliant upon the community to make this program happen. And it seems a little bit daunting at this time to think like, oof, we have a lot of work to do before we launch. And yeah. we do. Uh, but, but again, it's, it's God's work. It's not ours. So I don't plan on failing and yeah. I believe my God will not fail either. So, um, so, so the get connected piece of it is actually pretty important as far as, um, just staying in communication with the community as to what's going on. Awesome. I, I just think it's really kind of cool to think about, um, people in our churches who have raised money to go to, well, like to go to Uganda or to go um, in our church, um, a pastor and a team went to Malawi. Um, I have some friends who are missionaries in Kenya. I mean, like those are all amazing. We have uh, someone in Czech Republic. Th those are amazing and important. And, um, and of course we should be supporting them. That's one way to take the gospel out. But there are many people who that's maybe not within their grasp. 
they they just don't have it in them to want to go to Malawi or to any of those other places and have not felt led. I shouldn't say it's not in them because really, truly, it's in all of us, right? But yep. have not perhaps felt led. But I just want everyone to, to see this is no less important and it, it, equally as important um, uh, because it truly is a mission field right here in our backyard, just like there are mission fields all over the world. And this is this is extremely accessible to everyone in our community who wants to see the gospel go forth in Bryan, Ohio. Yeah. Well said. I, I completely agree with all of that. Um, sometimes we're just looking for the right opportunity to serve yeah. too. And um, this is really tangible to, you know, maybe you're newly retired and you have a little bit of time and well, what am I going to do? Oh, you know, Oh, I could, I could help out in the classroom for a couple hours a week. And um, so, so everybody's, you know, has different, gifts that they can bring to the table here. So, so again, um, just getting connected with the community in that capacity so that we can, um, bring forth those needs and, and people can serve how they feel led. So, um, I wanted to ask them for clarification and, and just, you know, maybe looking farther into the future than we're looking right now. Um, but is this an elementary only thing? And what do you guys see for junior high, high school? Is that anything that could potentially be on the radar in the future? I'm so glad you asked that because I was sitting here thinking, how can I weave that in? (laughs) Because I think it's super exciting right now. We're going to start with grades one through five because you know, you start small and you, you start with what you can do. We want to get all of our logistic ducks in a row, yep. but, um, the curriculum actually goes all the way up through high school. And what I've been told is that you like high school students can actually, um, really dig down deep and can earn credits. I think, um, at some point, like some, um, some elective credits, oh, so, wow. which is super cool. But, um, for all intents and purposes, now we're starting with grades one through five and hopefully we'll be able to add all the way up through. I just wanted to clarify because if I'm a parent hearing Mm -hmm. about this for the first time, um, I might be a little confused. So really specifically, what does this look like for my child during the week? That's a great question. And I asked the same question because I will have children in this program. Um, So uh, we're actually working with the schools. The schools are going to designate the time slots and and we're coordinating the schedules. We have a, a representative of LifeWise that's coordinating all of the schedules. So um, what would happen if you wanted your child to participate, you would have to um, submit a, uh, a form mm-hmm. saying that it, they're allowed to participate. And then um, they would get picked up on the bus at um, Bryan Elementary. Okay. And then they get, would get bused to a nearby church, mm-hmm. um, which has graciously given us the space to have um, our classroom. And they will go in there and have their LifeWise curriculum. And it'll last, we... Uh, we anticipate about 30, 35 minutes. Um, the fun thing is that in Defiance, my friend is the teacher there now, and um, their church that they are working with is a little bit farther away, so they have a little bit of a bus ride. So she actually gets on the bus afterwards and finishes the lesson mm-hmm. on the bus as they ride back she to does. the school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sounds like hey, her. You <laughs> do what you got to do, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> not wasting one minute. Exactly. So <laughs> it's it's very efficient. Um, so and then when they're done with with that, they'll get back on the bus, and the bus will bring them back to Brian, and they will go back to class and go about their day. And is that a daily class, or how many times a week do they? Uh, this will be once a week. Once a week. Child. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, the the entire, you know, obviously working in all the classes. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, it will be an all, all day, all week operation. So it'd be like um, a Monday would have 
one first grade class, one second grade class, one third. So that so a bus driver would be zipping back and forth like yes, five, I guess ten times. They're mm-hmm. back, they're back, they're back. Mm-hmm. But so that by the end of the week, all first graders okay. will have. So on Tuesday, the it's the second group of first grade, and then yes. second group of okay. And gotcha. then on Wednesday, it would be the third group of first grade, and then yeah. so forth. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, and this has been already approved by um, the Bryan City School Board. Yep. So they are fully on board with it. Awesome. But that's a great question. Mm-hmm. So the three criteria is um, has to be. It can't be funded by the school. Correct. It has yep. to be off property. Correct. And it has to be given with parents' permission. Parent consent. Yep. Okay. Yep. And and again, if if um, it's my understanding that this is kind of an influx thing. So if you get, you know, we get eight weeks into the school year and your child wasn't initially in the program mm-hmm. and you want them to be a part of it, you can sign the permission slip mm-hmm. and they can start going. Because we, yeah. we hope that that actually happens as as some kids start going and they come back and they, they had so much fun and we anticipate other kids will, will want to be a part of that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. I, um, I feel like we talked about this at some point or I heard it from maybe one of the other board members at some point that there were kids that were giving up their recess yes. to sign up for the class and convincing other kids to give up their recess for the class. So I just thought, what kid in the world has given up their recess? Um, but, it, you know, that's the power of the gospel, right? Right. Mm-hmm. It and is. that's the... It the is attractive. Extent. The gospel is attractive. Like you were talking about yeah. as a kid, you yeah. wanted, yeah. you were missing like, out what on is something. This? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to I know about this. I want to hear about this. And I think, I always say this, um, I've seen it with, with young children. I've seen it with junior high children. I've seen it with high school um, children that, that there really is a, like an inherent thirst that they have mm-hmm. to, to understand who God is and who they are in God's eyes. And sometimes we kind of dismiss their need for that. Um, but, but it is there. I've seen it in, in all age levels. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think it's our responsibility to, to at least introduce them to that and, and teach them what that means. Mm-hmm. Man. And, and just as you say that, I think I'm just reminded that, you know, we're created in whose image in God's image. And if our identity doesn't come from who, the personhood of God, you know, it's coming from a lie. It's coming from right. brokenness. Right. And I think, um, you know, kids have not um, fully experienced all the lies that the world has to offer them about where and who their identity should be in. And so I feel like a lot of times kids accept that and it makes sense for them. Um, and it's a beautiful thing. So I'm just mm-hmm. over the moon excited about yeah. uh, LifeWise Academy and what it's going to mean for the gospel moving forward with kids in our community, uh, with families in our community. And I'm, I'm excited um, just as we move forward and I would encourage you if you're listening and you are the church, you know, just asking yourself, you know, what does it look like for, for us to either partner with LifeWise Academy or be really thoughtful knowing that, you know, very soon here in the near future, there may be families and kids showing up to your programs that you've never seen before. And there's a, there's a reality that we may need to be prepared um, to love on kids and love on families, um, that don't look like us and don't talk like us. And, um, it's, um, again, just, I'm said the word excited about 
42 too many times. Um, <laughs> well, um, where where is LifeWise and Brian right now? We have started the fire, and now we need to fan the flame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Anything else before we kind of end here? I I don't think so. Just go go to Facebook, click on that link, join our mailing list. You when you click on the link, there is a place to donate. You can donate if you're if if God is already moving you toward that. That would be fantastic and amazing. Um, if you don't like to donate like on electronic things if you're old like I am, um, you can, there's a PO box that is listed on there as well. That's right here in Bryan. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're just super excited and we hope lots of people, uh, true believers will want to take on this mission with us. Awesome. So just a reminder, check out Facebook, join the mailing list, um, all the links and contact, and we'll even put the PO box, uh, for donations in the uh, description as well. Uh, but I know, you know, as a member of Brian, as someone who is very not excited about living in Ohio, but also (laughs) I really love the community that I'm in. I love raising my family here. Um, I'm really excited for what's to come and and how this is going to impact us moving forward. So thank you ladies so much for joining us. It's been like a dream getting to hang out (laughs) with all you ladies. And um, yeah, uh, thank you for joining us for this special podcast episode. And I just encourage you, if you're watching, if you're listening, get involved, join the mailing list, check out how God might be asking you to uh, to further the gospel in our community. And um, like we've kind of talked about all day today, um, be sensitive to, to what God is calling you to and be obedient to that call, uh, whether it's having a conversation with a neighbor, talking to some random guy in a bar. <laughs> Uh, ladies, I just discourage you from doing that. But, um, or, you know, getting involved with whatever God's calling you to in your own backyard. Life, 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 life. So, thanks, guys. Have an awesome week. See you soon. Bye.